Welcome to the Cinephile History of the Podcast, brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network and sponsored by Film Obsessive. This is the tirade film movie debate hosted by two film critics, cool dads and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. Get away from her, you bitch. I'm William Johnson. I love it. I love it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're damn glad to have you folks. This is all for tantrum's sake. We're sure passions and I fives watch away any place for hate. And uh, no matter what, in the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy for design. This week, we are continuing our little mini rewatch of the Alien franchise, kind of picking and choosing some spots to compare. And we're going to Aliens, James Cameron's 1986 sequel. Um, our format is this, The Recommending Lover Goes First. That's going to be Will, because Will's the man who brings these to the table. He will get five uninterrupted minutes to shower his praise and state his high-minded case. I'm curious to hear whether he considers this better or worse than the first one, because that's always the debate people have. The Hater, mm. which is not really me. I greatly appreciate this movie. I mean, uh, coming back into this you know, rewatch, this is good stuff. Um, follows with five minutes of my own to present any counterpoints of any manner of intellectual scorched earth or drop a nuke on them. Um, after that, we will open up for 30 minutes of shared discussion and conversation where the hits of it really gets chippy. Um, hop on the... I can't. We're not space jockeys in this one. Uh, hop out the plane. Let's go here. Yeah. Uh, let's see how in sync we are. Uh, hey, Don, have you ever okay. been mistaken for a man? All the time. Oh, damn it. All right. Well, I guess we're not yeah. that in tune. That yeah. was the one of the one of the great Bill Paxton lines from the movie where oh, he, right. he goes, hey, have you ever been mistaken for a man? She's like, no, have you? It's great. great <laughs> oh, I was hoping we would uh, would be on that one, Don, right. but I guess I guess you're not yeah. as into aliens as I am. No, I'm um, not, which is why you're <laughs> going first and I'm going second, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, and I'm glad we're doing this. Uh, I'm glad um, Me too. We're, we're going through this alien thing. And, and amazing yeah. that's because I genuinely, and I'll start my time down, Go for I, it. Genu- I genuinely have a hard time picking my favorite of one, two, and four. And this is kind of why I suggested we do these alien breakdowns, because to me, this is one of the most consistent series, uh, at least in the beginning. Um, To me, in terms of like a series that's gone on for a really long time, that's consistent for me, at least in terms of my enjoyment, creativity, that's always going to be the Nightmare on Elm Street series. But the first four Alien movies, I think, are so good that it is hard for me to answer your question, to put them in some kind of, like, which one is better? Um, and I guess, I mean, to fully answer the question, I do have Aliens in my soon-to-be-changed top 100 of all time at number 85, uh, and I'm checking to see if Alien is any higher. I don't think it is so i mean i guess if i with a gun to my head if i was forced to pick my favorite i guess aliens would be the number one but i'm telling you like for me it really is kind of like alien aliens and alien resurrection for me are like one a b and c to be honest with you i think they're all equally that good um what separates aliens though from the other two perhaps um, and this is something that I really loved about the first four films also is each one has a very distinctive style. Alien one is kind of a, a almost a, a haunted house in space kind of vibe. It's creature feature uh, aliens strips kind of all that away. I mean, there's still some very intense moments, obviously, but it's very, very clearly an action adventure film uh, as James Cameron, as you would expect from James Cameron. Um, whereas Alien Resurrection is um, 
very very much a French weird ass sci-fi film, and we'll get into that at a later date. But I guess what separates Aliens apart is it takes a concept that could, I guess, could have sequel potential. Uh, I mean, obviously it did, but it took someone like James Cameron. It, it was a sequel that was, I guess, eight years in the making, if my math is correct. So the first one was 79. This one was 86. Is that six years? I don't know. I don't know. I don't teach math. But the point is, is that they took their time on a sequel and it makes thematic sense for the characters. It makes sense for the universe. And also, even though there is a universe at play in this movie, and this is something that um, the first four films do a great job of doing that future films would completely ruin, much like a lot of films that do franchises these days ruin, is there's still so much mystery. There's so much, still so much mystery to the aliens. We kind of know the basics of how they work, but they're still unpredictable. Um, they're still frightening. You know, they're, they're not like fodder for predators and all kinds of weird shit that would come out later. Um, or like an accidental byproduct of some weird godlike engineer alien. It's just kind of, these kind of, these are kind of just very natural, uh, destructive, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not pessimistic. That's the wrong word. Um, they're like pests, you know, they're just, they're just, uh, infesting, you know, what, what they come across. There's no reasoning with them. It's, it's very similar to another James Cameron vehicle, the, the Terminator in that, there's really no, the only thing you can do is piss these things off. You really can't reason with them. You can't become friends with them. You can't, you can't do anything to survive. You have to survive. That's the only way to get rid of them is to, to kill them and survive. And uh, Alien obviously showed that on a singular level by having this one alien kind of wreak havoc on these uh, truck drivers in space. Uh, but this one, this one ups the ante by basically saying like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, the alien uh, <coughs> alien could uh, chomp up a couple truck drivers, uh, but what happens when it goes up against a bunch of Marines? Oh, the same thing? Oh, shit. So, like, it's kind of like this impenetrable force that just keeps coming at you in perfect James Cameron technical, brilliant direction, as you would expect from a James Cameron movie. And, um, yeah, it's just, and it's led by probably one of the most kick-ass uh, female actors of all time, Sigourney Weaver, and an amazing supporting cast that, uh, unlike a lot of movies in the horror and action genre, um, when people start biting the dust, you feel something. And you really love every single character in this movie, which is very rare for both a horror and an action film. Usually someone is going to be fodder for something. And there's really not a lot of fodder here. This is... This has stakes. It has um, it has muscle. It has just everything you need from science fiction action adventure epic, and uh, it delivers a hundred percent on that. Well done. Well done. No, I, I'm in the hater slap, but it's not. It's not because hey, this this might be a four versus five situation for me. I admit I'm probably one of those people now on the rewatch stage where. The first one's better than the second one for me. Um, first one is just, I do like the, the smaller setting, the the unknown nature of things. Um, I like that cast, um, maybe a little more than this one, uh, and just the, the unpredictability of where it all goes. And I got to back you. Like, this is definitely a place where 
um, set, you know, seven years later in 86 versus 79. You, hey, math. Um, uh, you can, you're right. Cameron could have totally taken this and overblown it and, and just kind of explained too much, put, put in too much, overstuff this, overstuff that. And he didn't. And I, I'm with you. I'm completely impressed that the the villains of the, the villains so-called speaking the aliens of the movie are still like you said scary lethal a mystery unknown um we don't know their power now there are more of them holy shit like just the you're right the the raised level of stakes while still being a singular adventure on this particular planet this particular base in this particular world all still kind of push and matter and yeah sure enough leave it to cameron to take the technical expertise of the improvement of uh, that is possible between prosthetics and effects and makeup and, and all those, all that filmmaking jazz. He put, you know, he put seven more years of fresh paint on that and makes these things bigger, stronger, faster, and more numerous. It's just super impressive. And to do that and still keep Sigourney Weaver as that big, bold lead is really impressive. And like you said, in a sequel that makes a ton of sense, to, you know, how would you do a seven year gap? Oh, it's not seven years, it's 60 years. Good luck. And just it's a great jarring way of doing it and still have it be something meaningful because at the same time, those character notes that Sigourney puts into it, just like her nerves that you watch during the the proceedings at the beginning before, you know, obviously being dispatched to go on this mission to help out, you know, just her reactions to it all are, you know, there's no 60 years of stasis that heal the thing. It's, it's like it happened yesterday for her. And to see those notes about like, you know, missing her daughter, you know, missing her daughter's life and, and how all those reverberations. And obviously when you have a kid in the movie, that's a nice little boost Um, in terms of just like adding a little more peril or adding a little more reasons to care where maybe in the first movie, you don't have a lot of reasons to care. I guess that's one place where I can say the first movie is a little less than the second one. Um, Yeah. Just uh, it, you got a movie and you're right from a time standpoint, you're like, Oh my gosh, 137 minutes. All right. Where's the fluff? Where are we trimming here? And you're right. There's, I mean, you can maybe say in James Cameron fashion, there's kind of a, an ending after the ending, you know, what, just one more scare, one more sequence, one more thing. But the first movie kind of did that too, you know, where we have the whole scene in the spaceship with paintings and stuff like that. So we're coming from a tradition of that anyways, where it's not out of tune to do that again. Um, I'd be, I, I'd be curious from a retrospective standpoint and I don't see a lot of fan pushback on this, but like, I don't see James Cameron copying too many beats from the first movie where no one's going to be like, Oh, you're just, you're repeating the gags we got seven years ago, or this is a knockoff or I'm glad none of those labels have followed this movie at all. Even to the point of what you're talking about, there's a chance this is superior to the first one. So all those things are just super impressive. And, and, and you said it I, in your thing there, you've got a great cast of just, I, it's what, what's supposed to be very dirty dozen run in the middle, just personality matches that just thrown together here, but they all work even with Bill Paxton screwing things around. It still all work like a very, you know, strong unit that would actually function as a pretty good unit. And, and Michael Ben, you know, uh, he, he's just stick this or is the drink. And he always is in these James Cameron movies. And it's the, the guy you want to see around and, uh, it helps this movie out a ton, but, um, yeah, I, 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 my complaints are little. I think it's more of um, what, what, what's your mood? Are you into the atmospheric? You know, the little, like you said, the slasher in space haunter, or are you there for the, 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 the adrenaline rush that can come from a movie like this one? And uh, you, you know, you can't go wrong either way. A bottle of red, bottle of white. What mood are you in tonight? You know, it's no big deal with either one there. So you can't go wrong, and you've got a good franchise from here. And now that you put four. 
next to one and two. Now I'm now I can't wait to find out like when we get to four, am I putting it on this level? So we've got two movies to go for me uh, to complete the puzzle with you. I, but yeah. Spoiler, you probably won't because I know it's okay. I'm I think I'm the only person who actually likes the fucking movie. So But you put uh, four you put four on the pedestal with one, two, and three. Or one and two. I, huh? I when I if I sat down and yeah. had the three Blu-rays in front of me, Alien, Aliens, and Resurrection, okay. it's a pick it's pick 'em. Like it's it, there's no like there's no like yeah definitely going aliens over this one no it's like it, it's like what moon am I in because I love all three yeah so all right well before we get into wider discussion let's take a quick break for a short announcement from our non corporate partners and friends we know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself well now you don't have to hang out with ruminations of Redrum all things horror from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Coming out, but hurry. The killer's behind you. All right, welcome back. Well, you brought up, you brought up, you know, Cameron, Cameron you know, uh, not, you know, copying the beats. And I think it's not only a, um, not only a uh, visual uh, uh, movement on Earth. God, I can't speak today. It's not only a, a visual You're priority good. for him to not repeat it, but yeah. it also makes sense narratively as well. Because here's the thing: sixty years, yeah, all that. Well, yeah. not, only, not only that, but let's just let's just say that the time thing doesn't exist at all. Okay, okay. And Sigourney Weaver survives, e- e- even if even if she wasn't in suspended animation for sixty years. Mm-hmm. The next step would not be for her to, and this is this is something that horror films make the mistake of all the time. Okay. Is the next step would not be for her to get stuck on another ship in which another singular alien yeah. you know, tracks her yeah. down. She's a survivor of a very uh, horrific event. Mm-hmm. And naturally, from what we know of, uh, you know, the, the, the government uh, of this world from the first one and the people involved, you know, the, the people that are there to make money and the people that are there to study and the people that are there to just punch in and punch out mm-hmm. uh, it ma- it makes sense that once she brings this to someone's attention there's going to be movement and it's going to involve more people and a bigger yeah. scale it just makes more sense it's true on a narrative escalated. scale too you're escalating so, es- an accident to something bigger and you have that for sure i'm glad this right. is not in another ship and i'm glad this is not the if it was kind of cat and mouse yeah if this it was cool. it would have been a ginormous mistake oh um, yeah but, but luckily and for this to bring in the badasses and not just the space truckers is already an elevation and escalation as it is. That helps a ton. Well, and that's what I was saying in my five minutes. It's like it's your your expectation because what Cameron does brilliantly mm-hmm. in this movie. This is this is probably one of the best parts of the movie is that he introduces you to these Marines. You fall in love with them because they're so fucking cool and they're badass yeah. and they're always they're ribbing each other and they're fucking tough as nails and shit, right? And you, you know, you you don't really see an alien, I guess, depending on the cut, because there is a director's cut which does have a couple of like um, uh, with the base scenes personnel on the, on the base. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of things, but for the most I, part, I watched director's cut. I admit, yeah, yeah. The for the most part, um, they you're just with the Marines for the first 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and. What's so great about it is, I mean, they build these dudes up, man. And then the first time they go on a mission, they just get their asses 
handed to them and you just know like oh shit like this is not gonna go as well as we thought like and that's 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 kind of the brilliance of the story and taking that different approach it it makes the it makes the villains of the piece the the aliens Mm -hmm. themselves even scarier because oh yeah because yeah you could probably sit there and be like i i bet you when obviously the internet wasn't around but like when yeah. when when the first like you know maybe like tidbits of information was coming out i guarantee you there was definitely some fanboys that were just like well yeah i mean the alien cut up a bunch of like ham and eggers on a on a truck but yeah like th- there's no way like these guys are going to going to survive marines right and that's that's why it, it i think i think you just kind of go into i mean even on paper, it's kind of like when you when you watch football or something. You're like, well, on, on paper, this team is much better than this one, right. or much has much better more weapons. It's like not until you play the game that you realize, oh shit, like this is not mm-hmm. this is yeah. not how it's it's going to go. And um, yeah, I think that's one of the brilliant steps of it. The only time visually the film uh, does anything that Ridley Scott did was. Um, to set up the uh, suspended animation sequence, it kind of does those okay. shots of the ship, yeah. kind of similar. Because if you remember in the first Alien, it kind of opens with you kind of get these quiet shots mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. ship being empty, and then they, they get right. to the pods and they wake up. They do the same thing in this one, but I think that's that's probably the only narrative not, touch that yeah. he he did on purpose, and it, it makes sense. No, that's not a bad, that's a good baton to pass, you know, or or just a good transition fluid thing you can put there. No, for me with characters, like, um, the first movie had that Agatha Christie quality of like, all right, who's going to make it? Who's not? And you, you're, Mm -hmm. you're kind of playing favorites. Like, well, Tom Scarrett's been presented on our Ham and Eggers as kind of being the leader of the bunch. Like, there's no way he's going to get by it first. And then same thing, you, you have 40 minutes here to kind of, to, you know, to kind of measure the dicks of these Marines and you're like, all right, well, who, who's going to make it here? Who's not going to make it. And then, and same thing, you still completely unexpectedly don't, you still land in great places. Of, you never know, you know, you never know who's going to make it in that mystery. Yep. There's no foregone conclusions. There's no stereotypes being played. You just have, you know, blunt force. There's this, you know, blunt forces or immovable object stuff between, you know, well, indomitable aliens and then badass Marines. It's kind of fun. And then you also, you also get kind of like these mini, story arcs that i enjoy like um mm-hmm. yeah there's there's gorman right he's like the lieutenant he's like in charge of everything and he immediately oh, panics right yes, like yes. he immediately just like fucking falls apart and uh he gets a little story arc. he gets to redeem himself mm-hmm. a little bit um Paul kinda, new story arc yeah and and also you know and the, the guy who complains the most the one that you would think would die instantly bill paxton yeah. he, he makes it pretty far uh-huh. And uh, you know, but yeah, some of the badass characters they die quick, like Apone and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's just a great, like, yeah, just the expectations that it subverts. It, it's more, I think, the best the best way I can describe it. And this is my weird comparison, but it's not with a movie. Actually, I love it. Ha- hashtag you, trademark of the show. Here it comes. When, when you <laughs> like listen, when you listen, like when you truly listen to a song that is. Okay. been listened to so much it's so ubiquitous with culture mm. right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for me in my circles like for me it would be probably like enter sandman right by metallica sure. you hear it everywhere yeah. you hear it at, you hear it in the grocery store you hear it at, 
at uh, baseball <laughs> yeah. games. You hear it all the time, right? When you really sit down and listen to it, you kind of forget some of the intricate details of what makes it such a great song in the first place, which True. made it catch fire. And you're just like, man, actually, that riff is actually fucking awesome. And that, that's actually, mm-hmm. this is actually the way this song is structured is fantastic. We kind of forget it because it becomes ubiquitous. I think this movie is right. kind of ubiquitous with the sci-fi military, James Cameron. You know, it's yeah. ubiquitous with that. And I think a lot of, when you rewatch something like this, there's some of the nuances of why this movie is so good Agreed. with these, the way these characters are introduced, the way that they exit the film, uh, some of the, the details um, with the, the environment. I mean, the big one yeah. for me, my favorite stat about this movie mm-hmm. All right. is that at the end, when they set the timer for 15 minutes to mm-hmm. blow up the place, from the minute they press the button, until the bomb goes off is exactly 15 minutes. Thank God for good time. editing. Yeah. Cause how many movies have we seen where that's not a three minutes? Oh, yeah. have gone by, Not one. Yeah. I hate that. Shit. Yeah. It'd be 20 minutes and like yeah. 30 seconds have gone by. Yeah. It's actually 15 minutes. And even though Brilliant. you don't know that upon first viewing, you don't know mm-hmm. that the movie's going to do that. Yeah. You're so, <clears throat> you're so wrapped up in the stakes that mm-hmm. you feel you feel that timer counting down. You're like, oh shit, please get off that elevator. The elevator's going too slow. Why is the alien queen in the elevator now? What is happening? Yeah, like it's right, so right. stressful. Like it's it's such a it's such a stressful movie. Um, in all the right ways. Like, and it it's still just like just like the first alien still has that ability to scare you. This one still oh, has definitely. that. You know, it's that it's that kind of played quote, like, you know, adrenaline thrill ride. But it is. Mm-hmm. It's still an adrenaline well, thrill yeah, ride. I mean, oh, it's still because by the time you get to the mech suit at the end, how are you not like Avengers style stand up in the theater going, fuck, yeah, let's go. You're like, how could you <laughs> not yeah. in that part of the movie? And even at home, I'm like, oh, I mean, even if I ever know, even if I know it's coming. But for her to come right. out of the, you know, the mist and the backlighted spotlight, like you're like, oh, shit, here this here we go. And it's just, and that's pure Cameron. Yep. I mean, the showmanship and, in that man is fantastic. The other and, thing and the, is um, the yeah. Motley Crue, like the Motley Crue you know, military thing where like each person has enough personality to come through. I completely realized that um, when you said like, if you just come back to this movie, whether you catch it or not, or understand or appreciate those dynamics or not, it's probably what hurts this for newbies or people circling back is how many times have we seen this? Obviously done a zillion ways since then. Like Fast sure. and Furious is a collection of the Motley Crew ragtag bunch of guys, you know. Because yep. Predator does it a year later. You could even say the Motley Crew ragtag version of villains a year later in RoboCop, and then mm-hmm. you have every you know, every Fast and Furious movie. Every, even well, actually, it's it's well, an overdone thing that's not always done well. And then here Cameron just nails it. Well, even though I love the movie I'm about to talk about, the this movie had a direct influence on another one of these sci-fi legendary sci-fi things, Predator 2. If you rewatch Predator okay. 2, there are sequences that are just almost uh one for one shots and lighting mm. and okay. and characters taken directly from this movie. That's been uh, on I our mean, list it, to do for a while, and I gotta circle back. And oh, Predator Two is, I mean, other than yeah. those sequences, which clearly is borrowing from, I don't know. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Friday the Thirteenth Halloween mm-hmm. thing. Friday the Thirteenth was purely made uh, because of Halloween, and it's it's yeah, even yeah. the creators of it were like, well, we totally ripped off Halloween, and it kind of became its own thing. Predator Two is kind of the same thing. It's 
it's got its alien aliens influences, but it's also mm-hmm. its own thing. But uh, yeah, no, this movie had an effect on not only future storytelling for this kind of story, but even in the uh, <coughs> excuse me, even in the in its own universe. Uh, right. Because even though I will defend the first four to the death, I really can't defend much after that. <laughs> and um, yeah, they would and make these same mistakes mm-hmm. over and yeah. over and over again. Uh, even in the own, in its own franchise. Well, so, and, and and we've talked about this even in the first one, and then to now in our in our little show watch back over, and we know it's coming. Is the over explanation? Like you said it in your five minutes, and you were perfect to say it the way you did. Like this is still a mystery. This is still a menace. We still don't know fully what they can do at all, where they come from, how they got here. Like what else can they do? And yet we now have more of them than just one, which is already scary as it can be. And I, the movie still retains that great mystery to it and that that's that's its biggest boost because this and then again a, a year later's predator where the mystery is there all the way until the end of the movie you know you, you're doing the right. jaws and hide the monster thing which is brilliant you know this won't be a spoiler but they'll continue that in three and four like the, the, there there will be there is really no it's just I shit mean, goes there, down let's go yeah I mean, the only thing you could say this movie did that would carry over into future movies, even three and four, is the idea of a queen or that there's actually a right. structure to their civilization. Okay. But it's not to the point of like Alien versus Predator where it's like, oh, the queens are captured by the predators to yeah. create you know, aliens to ha- for them to hunt and all yeah. this bullshit. We're not going to get a um, Andy Circus motion capture. Let's tell you about how the apes got here thing. Yeah, we're not right. going to. And, and, and yeah. that's uh, four might go into some directions there but overall it doesn't it doesn't really okay. it doesn't really do that and it does that with everything though it doesn't it doesn't not only over explain the aliens but okay. it also doesn't like and this will continue in three and four also they don't you know you're not suddenly finding out that you know fucking ripley is related to you know some person from 300 years ago that created the alien or some bullshit like yeah. You're just you're just there in the present with who's there. Like you're not mm-hmm. getting these like Paul Reiser. Like you understand yeah, he's he's right. you're working for Waylon Utani, but you're not like finding out like, oh, he's the president's son and yeah. he was the one who really put something on I the first ship or whatever. It's yeah. yeah how it's, many it's, how many overconvenient ties have we seen done in lesser movies? So many. Yeah, th- this this yeah. from one through four does a really excellent job of keeping things simple. And like not over explaining everything. And that's, you know, that's, that is the essence of why, like, for me, mm-hmm. you know, Prometheus is such a ginormous shit Big show is, be, yeah. is because it has to explain not only like the oh, creation boy, yeah. of the alien, but it's got to create like the ships and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the company, the but then it also, oh, then also, yeah. yeah, it has to do the androids. You got to, it, it describes everything. It describes fucking humanity. Like, and it's oh stupid. Gosh, yeah. and it, you know what I mean? It's like, get back to the basics. But the other thing mm-hmm. I, the other thing, I think I probably mentioned this in the alien show. Uh, that's really frustrating is I'm also very thankful. James Cameron took this one over and I'm thankful that Fincher and Jean Junet or whatever did three and four because Ridley Scott on his commentary, uh, when they okay. re-released, when they re-released these on DVD, it was called the alien quadrilogy. There's still only four movies. Yeah, alien vs. Predator had come out yet. 
this ginormous set I had. Like you could lay it out. And it was box. like, yeah, it was like 30 feet long of like DVDs. Yeah. And um, on the commentary for that, Ridley Scott, it was one of those commentaries where like, there's like 12 people on it, but like you can tell they're segmented into two or three people and they're just coming in and out of the editing. Yeah. 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 Like, so he's so cut that together. Sure. Sigourney Weaver's with Ridley Scott on the commentary. And he talks about, um, cause if you remember, and this was the coolest part of Alien, mm-hmm. uh, because it never went explained, was they land on that planet, uh, and then they see like this ginormous fucking alien creature who had the alien bust out of him. He's mm-hmm. just sitting in this like freaking, uh, they called him the, the pilot or whatever, right? It was just yeah, this kind yeah. of elephant looking creature that's just sitting in this thing. And the great thing the movie does is it just goes, all right, well, we're not going to worry about that because now the aliens are on the ship and we don't need to worry about who that alien was and mm-hmm. what his story is. And they left it be. But during the commentary, Ridley Scott the whole time is like, I really want to get into who that guy is, and uh, what his okay. role is and how he created the aliens. And, and you can tell Sigourney Weaver so they're like, okay, that's stupid, but okay, whatever you say, Ridley. And, <laughs> and you're watching. Like, she this told is it, huh? Yeah, and then, Five fingers earlier, too. Yeah, and then, of course, we get fucking Prometheus, which does exactly that, and it takes away the mystery of that movie. Like, everything's about taking the mystery away from even even stuff that doesn't have, like, a a huge franchise to it. Like, for example, like, my favorite movie of all time, Blade Runner 2049. Mm -hmm. We know a lot about the universe, but there's still a lot that's a mystery in that movie. However, they came out with three short films to kind of promote the movie. Um, one was an yeah. anime, it was like 15 minute anime. And then the other two were, they had Dave Bautista in them and Jared Leto and all that. Right. I, um, remember those. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, but it, exp- it tries to give too much information on that universe. It's part of the, the majesty of another Ridley Scott movie yeah. like Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049 is that you only get to know so much. The rest is up to your imagination. How did things get this way? Why is this the way it is? Why why does this look this way or whatever? Like that mysteries part. And even for my beloved MCU, I mean, everything seems to have to have a connection now and an explanation. And it's just a syndrome of current mm-hmm. films that, that nothing can just be anymore. Like it happened to Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. just kind of had things that were unexplained. It, now everything's yeah. explained. Is and that... Is that on the creators or is that on, unfortunately, a changed generation of audiences that are, I'll say it, dumber? Well, here's what I'll, audiences. I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's why I think it happened, okay? Okay. Because if you remember, because I'm a big Star Trek guy. If you remember, Star Trek in the 60s and Next Generation and a lot of Deep Space Nine was mm-hmm. episodic. And so, so was so was like Law and Order, and almost every TV was episodic. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. everything was except for soap operas, right? Right. And then, and then you had this change around ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. There were outliers like Babylon Five and stuff like that, but yeah, for the most part, TV started entering that golden age, The Sopranos, where people were watching TV and they were going, "Wait a minute, this continues next week? Oh, this continues all season? Like it yeah. was a novel concept." So what happened mm-hmm. was is TV became such a big thing in terms of storytelling where you got to find out everything about everybody in the story because that's how TV works. You, you have a character for 100 to 180 episodes. You're going to learn everything about them, which is how TV is now. That I think that concept carried over into the movies because suddenly people were like, well, wait a minute. I can get a Star Wars TV series now 
And mm-hmm. I can have all that shit explained that wasn't explained in those movies. And and literally, that's why Star Wars is dead at this point to me. Yeah. Is because they decided they run, to take they run out the rag. The, yeah. They decided to take the TV concept of over explaining everything, which is more appropriate in a television aspect. Right. But doing it to our movies. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you that's look true. at it from every I mean, there's a there's a series right now, I'm not joking. Uh it's called Pennyworth. The origin oh, yeah. of Batman's butler. <sighs> like we need it. Who the yeah. fuck needs that? No one I needs know. to know that. I mean, like I, yeah. I recently rewatched the first Batman, the, the two Michael Keaton Batmans. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I miss when I was able to piece together the little puzzle pieces we would get of how mm-hmm. Alfred is connected with uh, Master Wayne. Like I like yeah. that, and it, it didn't need explanation. No, just like these aliens don't need explanation. Like we don't need to know. Just like we would find out in things like Alien Covenant, we don't need to know, like what was the first, you know, level or like the first volume of what the alien was before it became the alien we know. You know, in Alien One, it's it's like it's like we don't need to know this stuff. Like it, it's 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 confusing. Um, lore for narrative, and it's just not. Mm. It's you don't need lore necessarily. I mean, I mean, even something like Lord of the Rings, which has a lot of explanation to it. <coughs> there's still so much that's mysterious about it. Yeah, that yeah. you don't know about, and that's what makes it great. Is I think people are now into breaking everything down, having lore, having things oh, gosh, explained yeah. to them. And I don't or think we've it's got, because... or we've got that culture of of creative culture of like the trailer breakdowns and the YouTube videos and the explain well, this and explain that like I the, don't the, the, think the feverish fandom is getting crazy where there's a market I don't for think it. it's because people are stupid. I think it's because uh, someone decided to make us stupid by doing this because ah, I have to I have point. to I guess what, what I mean is this isn't this is learned activity. This, this is, is something that we're used mm-hmm. to now. Um, yeah. I saw I saw somebody on Twitter the other day. Uh, she's a writer. Um, and she was like, she posted that someone had posted that uh, one of the movie sites was, uh, one of the articles was called, Does Iron Claw Have a Post-Credit Scene or something? <laughs> and yeah. people were like, this is stupid. Why does this have to happen? And yeah. she said, she said, don't get mad at the writers. We have to write these now because this is the stuff that drives our traffic. It's, it's not like, yeah. you know, so, and so this is learned stuff that uh, eventually yeah. something happened where someone probably saw a movie, like maybe I, I don't, I'm trying to think of when this transition happened, maybe to connect I'm, to the TV thing. I'm trying to maybe rack my Memento, brain too. Right. Maybe like Memento. Um, someone was like, what, let's, let's I, talk I, about I, Memento. I, what is, what does Memento yeah. mean? You know what I mean? Can and I, then I, you know what? I know where this is. Um, yeah. Well, or like when did think pieces become bigger than the movies themselves? Maybe, right. ooh, could this be like 99? Could like, look at the banner year of 99. That's Sixth Sense, that's Blair Witch, that's Fight right. Club, that's yep. um, yep. that's The Matrix, that's Office Space, even that's Magnolia, American Episode Beauty. One, Epis- yeah. So, I like. I maybe that's if I have to pick a year where the maybe the internet caught up uh, well the internet just started to show big and then the right. think pieces started to come with it or or at least the the fan voices got as loud as just well, fan voices. That's, look at episode I'll one itself. It, what yeah. is episode one's 
core conceit. Oh, it's all the fucking. How did shit. Darth Vader become Darth Vader? Yeah. Now, whether That's they all you needed to answer that question, but that that is essentially yeah, we're the going start there. of what yeah. every if, if Lucas helped foster the trilogy in uh-huh. the 70s to to lead films to be like okay a trilogy is where things need to be in terms of like sure you know the the mo- either whether you plan them out or you have enough of them uh then the prequels might have uh been the forerunner for this culture yeah because yeah. he was he was at- saying hey let's go back to what i made before and like explain it some more and it's like no mm-hmm. that, that's not and cool then and then look at Six Sense be the thing that people want to over dissect. Oh, when did you notice he was dead? You know, and like, or right. the Blair Witch, like, is this really found footage? Was this real or was this not real? And then by the time right. you get to the Matrix, where standalone Matrix explains enough without over, I mean, it over explains plenty, but well, it really over explains in two and three. Like, but the fact right. that that was so big that we had to go back and do more and then explain more started in 99 and then fight club of course has been over dissected and almost taken over and we've talked about that on our fincher recent show where that movie which should have been just damn cool now all of a sudden is this you know totem totem and testament to things that it isn't so like that's been dissected to death like i was thinking about this that means by the time we get to all those when i connect those dots i'm gonna blame them it's the film bros it's the film bros who need sure. who want to who want to just put some man stamp on all this stuff and make it yeah. be cooler and bigger and more important than it ever needs to be. And yeah, that's whatever they were. About those this. people who are formed by that are now the people who are driving journalism now. And I'm like, fuck you, all you fucking clowns. So I was thinking about this the other day because um, I recently saw what I believe is supposed to be Miyazaki's final film, The Boy and the Heron. Uh, yep, that's uh, and I, t- I took. And I took my daughter to it and she was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I'm like, yeah. and, I, and part of me was, part of me was like, I don't either. But the cool part about it is, is that he's making, he's not making these probably very, I'm not going to say lore heavy in the sense that they have like a franchise potential, but the fact that these are worlds that have a lot of uh, parts to them that are like, there's right. a lot of cogs and wheels that run the world. And, Sometimes you have to have it explained to you. Sometimes you don't. This one chooses not to explain a lot to you. You have to kind of just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. And I told my daughter, I'm like, hey, well, the great thing about this movie is I didn't understand a lot of it either. But I'm enjoying thinking about it and seeing if I can figure it out in my head. And then I went home and I got on YouTube just to look at some normal things. And there is um, a video that was there that popped up on my recommended that said, Every confusing detail about Boy in the Heron <laughs> explained, and it's 27 yeah. minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I am okay. not going to watch that because mm-hmm. that's stupid. Like, no, that my brain percolated and, over time, right? And this, and this is what comes back to Aliens and this okay. series in general is just let the audience live and breathe in that moment mm-hmm. and yeah. create. And, and this is infecting everything because yeah. um, Michael Mann himself. You know, mm-hmm. he wrote that book, Heat 2. Yeah, I tried yeah. to read it. I tried to read it. But what it, does, what it does is it takes place, like, directly after the movie ends, the start of it anyway. And I love the fact that for 30 years, I've been just having my own headcanon on what happened to these characters and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And to have it explained to me the direct results of what happened in that movie when the beauty of that movie was also s- sitting in, like, 
being like, oh man, I wonder like what Hannah's up to now or like what they're doing now. It's just, it ruins the mystique of it. And like, there's no mystique anymore. And I, this is frustrating. It's well put in. Yeah. That's why I like one, two and four, almost the same. And I like three also. I love three Mm -hmm. is because they're, all isolated stories that are in the moment. They don't necessarily expand upon the previous one other than the plot. So like aliens really doesn't have anything to do with alien one in the sense of like, you're not going back to the same, you're not going to um, revisit what happened to Dallas's family or whatever. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it progresses the plot forward in that like, Oh shit, there's a colony now on that planet that had the aliens. Oh shit. But yeah. that's it. It's not like you're learning like like Ripley did something on the ship that influenced no. something that's gonna happen on this one. And the third one, which you'll find out takes place entirely on a prison planet, mm-hmm. has nothing to do with what happens in this one other than a few cursory things. And then the fourth one takes place like three hundred years in the future. So it's like Damn. Nothing okay. has anything to do with anything. Yeah. And it's just and, and what you did is you get these little hints, you get these little puzzle pieces of like how does this world work? And it's like, oh, that's interesting. I'd love to peek around that corner, but I've got to go follow the plot now. Mm-hmm. But like, it makes your brain go like, oh, I wonder what Maybe. was behind that corner. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, there's none of that. There's none of that anymore. No. And uh, I think you're right. Like, um, I think that you got, you're onto something where you have a good, a good filmmaker like Cameron can do that where, or just many good filmmakers or just the way films were made where, you can have both like you can have things behind the corners of doors that you might not find out, but you know that the depth and the thickness are there. But what you're watching, the compelling, the compelling main thread is so good. You don't want to leave, you know, and like how often do we do we have movies nowadays that need three or four subplots just to feel passable because the main plot is either thread thin, wooden or silly or just isn't enough where or or by the t- where the main thread's not enough that you need cocktail napkin idea number one number two number three just to fluff and pad your movie whereas mm-hmm. do that with lore do that like you're saying do that with lore do that with mystery do that with world building that isn't all that isn't over explained just have it there without having to really go there and i think that's probably the the pass i without be, being the neophyte to the alien the, the alien franchise and the person who wasn't as rooted as you were the pass sure. I probably gave Ridley with Prometheus was, all right, if you're going to do lore, still dazzle mm-hmm. me while you're there. And can you do that? And I still was. Uh, and we'll mm-hmm. get to that when we get to that episode. But uh, I think it'll change. I think that'll it's change. It's going to rewatch for me. Now that I've div- dove through here, I'm going to be like, oh, you're yeah. right. This is really fucking boring. But here's the other gonna, thing. Yeah. I'm looking forward here's to it. Other, I can't wait for that journey. Here's the other thing that you just mentioned, though. Like, when you say that I'm dialed into it, I, I think the only way that I might be dialed into it more is that maybe I'm more of a sci-fi guy than you in general. Possibly, yeah, but, that, but that's it. But ju- ju- that's it. Just on the genre, like yeah, yeah. This, this movie, you felt like it belonged to everyone. Like you, that's it, true. It, what I'm saying is, is like, yeah. like now I think there's like these serfdoms of of culture, right? Oh, like, good point. Like even even I as like an MCU guy, like. I kind of fit into this club of MCU people that believe it's one thing over another, but it's not shared by the majority. Right. And even though these are like, even though the MCU, you know, for a while was the kind of the the bell cow of cinema in terms of Mm -hmm. like drawing people in from all the quadrants, it still kind of had a geek appeal to it, a niche appeal to it. It still kind of had like, 
that uh, you know people downplaying it because it's popular, blah blah blah. Like aliens, like you can ask anybody from a sci-fi fan to somebody who never watches sci-fi to hardcore cinephile to an MCU person to whatever. Right. And they're gonna they're gonna be like, well, this is a great movie. Like it doesn't matter that it fits a certain cultural mold or niche that everything seems to have to fit into now. Like aliens is just a movie. Whether you and I how locked in we are, I probably maybe watched it more than you did. I mean, I loved aliens, but um it still is a movie that like is universally like agreed upon as a good movie. It's not, you know what I mean? I, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, it just doesn't really. Yeah. No, like it, it, today, yeah. look, we'll, I, we'll talk about like a comic book culture, like because worlds and sequels and franchises are built the way they are now where you need every part to enjoy every part where you can't just walk into an event like this and just rock and roll. Um, the closest we've got to this recently, which unfortunately is probably going to turn to an IP in the near future is Barbie. Like you can walk into Barbie just knowing, hey, it's Barbie. It's for people mm-hmm. who don't like Barbies. People who like it, it was sold perfectly to just be an infusion of all the things. Um, and vers- it, it's something that's something for everybody. Versus, mis- you know, un- and we called it when we called this up when we did our show on the on the Marvels, where mm-hmm. we're into it. We're we're keyed in with the Marvels, and even you came into yeah. it a little less because you hadn't seen other pieces. But like. For you still found out when you watched it, well, I guess I probably need that Miss Marvel show to really get where this is going, and maybe even a little bit of secret invasion just to know where the experience coming from. Like now there's too much. There there's there's prerequisites for these college courses called movies, which shouldn't which you shouldn't need. It should be a lot easier than it is. Well, you know, you know what else I, I notice is a very weird byproduct. Yeah. And it, 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 50% of it came from a genuine form of artistry but another of it came from this need to connect everything whether i wanted it to or not but like mm-hmm. so i watched priscilla the other day right oh yeah oh yeah and so part of me and i'll explain the 50 percent that's legit and the 50 percent that's not even though i thought jacob alordi was great as elvis like part of me was just like man i just wish austin butler played him so that we could have that consistency between the movies yeah yeah and then sure. I, I sat there and i went what the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, like, this yeah. is clearly a different thing. However, the, 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 the original reason I said that is because there was a time when the actor, Michael Sheen mm-hmm. basically said, I'm going to play Tony Blair in everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of cool. Cause it was kind of like, yeah. cause, cause you kind of got like a narrative through line, like with yeah. it, like you kind of felt that continuity with it. Cause there was like Five or six movies, like I think he was in The Queen with Helen Mirren. He played him, mm-hmm. but he also played him in like kind of these British only like yeah, TV yeah, movies like, and like other things. So that was the impetus of the idea. But then it also mm-hmm. creeped in where I was like, well, I want to see that connection. Like I want to yeah. fill in the dots of what Elvis didn't, Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis didn't do. So I'd love to see uh, uh, Austin Butler play it from this I angle. Guess. And then, then sure. I was like, that's fucking stupid. Why am I even yeah. thinking like that? Like it's, it's also- so dumb horrendously different movies too you know which well is, exactly yeah. exactly but like the fact yeah. that that even entered my brain yeah look the, is is the, the internet's happening to you man it's getting to you it's, yeah, well it's creeped into all of us like i i'm tickled to death when michael keaton's in out of, out of sight and jackie brown you know like it, it's a cute little yeah. thing now the cameos well, yeah, and the it's one scene you know it's yeah. one now scene it's being a little it's now it's really carried away so it's yeah it's getting a little much um no, um, th- I think the thing that I'll that I'll rest on this movie is uh, mm-hmm. is James Cameron. You know, the guy. 
I don't think the guy misses like, in terms of just making just a technically savvy, thrilling, um, practical effects, like just masterful. What an, I think we said this when I was doing the Avatar show a year ago at this time. Like To me, that's the best action director, straight action director we have. A guy who can stage action and then still put theatrics to it you know like it just because like I, I said to the year when we did avatar like you can watch avatar care and still be dazzled you watch titanic care and still be dazzled you can watch well, true lies yeah. still see a marriage and laugh and giggle about it and then still be dazzled and then the abyss and i the guy does not miss when it comes to being just a, a poet of action yeah. and i, I avatar wave water was Avatar Way of Water is the only one of his that I, I actually haven't liked, but I honestly yeah. look at the rest. I haven't seen his documentaries. Unfortunately, I just okay. haven't been yeah, interested. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't seen I remember that a year ago. Yeah. The deep. But, mm -hmm. I mean, if we're looking at Titanic, those, Avatar. Those are one, different animals, though. You know, those are docs. Yeah. So, yeah. Titanic, Avatar, Terminator 2, Terminator 1, Aliens, yeah. True Lies, it's... and The Abyss. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't think any of those are under four stars for no, me. Same. Like, yeah. they're just all rapid hitters heavy hitters mm -hmm. they're just good they're just great yeah, they are. movies and someday when he stopped i mean it was bad enough we had the gap we did but when someday when he stops making movies and we're left with and we'll we'll laugh about this next show kids uh, when we're left with fucking Zack snyder you know and then i hate to say it i know we like some of the guys that do it but like run-of-the-mill marvel directors that aren't action sure. that aren't action specialists we're going to miss mm -hmm. guys like that. And I know you and I watched like the gray man a year ago. And we liked, we like the, the Russos to me are like the, a vestige of Cameron where they, those guys are action centered directors. Like they know what they're mm -hmm. doing to craft action and in a coherent way versus other people who can't. And we'll get to that next show for sure. Where um we're going to miss guys like Cameron when they're gone. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, and like yeah. I said, it, one of the ones I was just talking about, that has that air of mystery is Miyazaki, who's exactly. might never be making films again. And it's, right. it's just kind of, I mean, who, who else are we? I mean, we're, we're getting up there with the uh, old, not, not the old guard, yeah. but the, but the, that next gen, that next wave. Well, it depends on your taste you have for a, a Christopher Nolan. Like, is mm -hmm. he more effusive or is he a super he of the he's got he has technical prowess beyond he's gonna go for 20 years. more years though like yeah like, but, but is he but is he the I'll, I'll use my term i gave cameron i don't think he's an action poet i think he no he had not at all but he's an action denis villeneuve we dune is not doing anything for you or i where i don't see action poet out of that guy maybe the rock star levels of what the russos are doing is cameron-esque but at the same time hit or miss I think, their times, you know? I think their time is passing though to be honest with you i think yeah. they're i think that they didn't come out with enough stuff i know that sounds terrible to say no, like they weren't prolific like, enough or yeah, if the were... stamp or if the stamp they give us is the Avengers movies and a couple of others on the side, they're doing like they can they can rest their case from retirement and they'd be set. Um, and they've got a little bit of producing love because they did everything everywhere all at once. They yeah. were producers on that, but I think but I that just, they're. I think as Marvel, unfortunately, as yeah, Marvel's, Marvel's falling apart, they when they start putting Marvel as like oh from the directors that gave you this and this. Ah, that brings up that word and that you know mm -hmm. yeah well here i think the closest comps we got um and one's probably slipping one we need to see on a new light is i until i saw aquaman 2 this past week james wan 
can make mm. a good action movie like between his fast and sure. entries, which were the better ones. And then that first Aquaman can move uh, and can move yep. with big things and, you know, and with practical effects and practical costumes. I mean, not quite practical effects, but enough, you know, um, the other guy that I think does it at a Cameron story to action poet level. I'll use that term again. It's James Gunn. Um, and yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, James yeah, Gunn. We'll see a new side of James Gunn in two years where it's not just jokey and 70s cuts anymore. You have the Paragon. You have Superman. What can you do with that? Well, that's and another test. He will fall. And, he will either reveal his limitations or he will take another level. And I'm rooting for the latter. Well, and another another voice that I personally love, but unfortunately he has three out of his four films he directed were flops. Mm-hmm. but has not only amazing action chops, but also incredible writing chops is Shane Black. I wish they would give yep. Shane Black more stuff to that. make because, yeah. because there's more bites of the apple. I agree. Yeah. Cause he knows how to direct not only an action sequence, but he can direct actors action and yeah, can write, yeah. write. Character happens at like, the same time. Yeah. Like he, his, just his writing's incredible. And that, that's the thing is, is yeah. he will never but, get that shot because he's kind of a director hell, you know? So, yeah. You know. But, but, but like Spielberg has slowed down. Cameron's in his own one singular world right now. I, um, would, say, I would say Spielberg's uh, slowed slow down, down in the, the right way, though. Department. Yeah. Action poet department. Because he's, he's personally, for me anyway, has been cranking out some of the best work of his career. Like, well, right, but it's recently. not, but it's not. It's not the action poet stuff. It's not Jurassic It's not. Park, oh, okay. You know? So we're talking about the, we're talking about the, the Cameron. The things that, the, things you're going to put in the action shelf. You're not going to put the Fablemans on the action shelf. You know? You're not oh, going to put sure, West Side Story sure. in the action shelf. No, he's, you're right. He's making some of his best. He's maturing into that. Well, it's time for me to slow down. I can't drink straight alcohol anymore. You're <laughs> talking about action. Like, you're talking about that action vein. You're talking about yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. The, the camera. Okay. So Cameron, yeah. Russo Brothers, James None. Gunn. We're, someone's um, gonna say Snyder, and I we're gonna have a show to say no. No, in a minute. Absolutely here. not. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, There's a time he had a chance. Coogler. Yeah, uh, but Coogler is just no. like he needs to go do something else. No, well, Creed, I, but he's not an action, not an action poet to me. Boxing is one thing, and superheroes. Yeah, no, his, and even I, I think the action portions of Black Panther are the weakest parts of it. To be honest with you, good point. Uh, good point. He's not dazzling us the way. Yep, good point. He's a he's a character guy. He's a yeah. character moments guy. Um, That's why I don't I don't think we have one. Or okay, I got one. Um, Joseph Kaczynski, who did Top Gun Maverick, he did Tron Legacy. Yeah, he did Oblivion. He's got action chops where he can put some action chops together. Yeah. He can put some shit together. I don't know if he's a character poet along the way, but the chops. I don't know if enough. Maybe, pe- I don't know if enough people know him. Either. Yeah, he's still. I, it's weird that he's an up and comer when he's been making movies for 12, 13 years. But well, because even yeah, yeah. even even with Top Gun Maverick, like people don't really give him the credit for it's that. A Tom, they give it to Tom yeah. Cruise. Well, thing. Th- then the other guy would then be Christopher McQuarrie. Well, I was gonna say yeah. he. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Christopher McQuarrie. You know, he's JJ Reacher, had a shot for a while. He, JJ Abrams had a shot. shot for a little bit, but then he um, went, he went franchise, and it yep, that was it. Yeah, JJ yeah. went franchise. Um, which I mean, McCor- even franchise wise, was wasn't bad. I mean, his JJ McCoy make a movie that's not a Mission Impossible movie. Then we'll talk. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, JJ. I mean, his Star Trek movies, as much as I don't like a lot of them, they move well. They are no. they are, they move well. Yeah, the first Star Wars he did is really good. Um, mm-hmm. The second one, not so much. Um, but yeah. but uh, he had a shot. But yeah, we're running out of them. I mean, uh, we are. 
The, oh, you know, the other thing, here's another thing to back you up. Uh, I've been seeing huh. this a lot on, twi- on Twitter. Is, you know, John Woo just made a movie for the first time in 20 years in America. And it. Yeah. the only way they say the movie, it'll say from director John Woo and the producers of John Wick. It's no longer about uh, John Woo. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even have the name uh-huh. brand anymore. You know what I mean? Well, it's like... Then are we putting Stahelski on the list? I think he's an action guy. He's, I don't see the character. He's got to. He's got to do something outside of John Wick. He's only directed four John Wick movies. That's it. Yeah. yeah now, yeah. the guy who did, um, well, the first Deadpool, and he did Atomic Blonde, oh, and Leach? Terminator Dark yeah. Fate. David Leach. He's he and, could and be up train? there. He's yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, Bullet doing, Train. He's doing who's eclectic doing the, enough stuff. Who's doing the fall? The uh, is it the fall guy? What's the one with Ryan Gosling as the stunt man coming out? What's that one? Oh, is that I'll David Leach as well? I think that could be. I think, I think that's a Leach guy. movie as well. So he could be. He could be one of those. Mm-hmm. One of those guys. Yeah. Yes, Stahelski needs to make something outside of John Wick. First. Yeah, and I'd love to see his chops applied to something else. David yeah, Leach for sure. is doing the fall guy. You got it. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I know Jackie. Jackie Chan only makes. Uh, pro CCP movies at this point, yeah. so there's really no there's no crossover Ang, anymore. Ang Lee is not, and he's a poet, but not an a pure action poet. He's dabbled, not a pure action poet. I mean, yeah, yeah. well, he's definitely dabbled. I mean, mm-hmm. he's made three or four off the top of my head that are oh pretty yeah. good. Crouching um, <laughs> yeah. Tiger, okay. the Hulk, the Hulk right. one he did was okay. Yeah, I don't know. You're right, man. I, I don't, and I think that's a consequence of the IP. Yeah, the IP, the IP driven stuff. It, well, because you know what's his name uh, has directed almost all the Hunger Game movies, but he's never going to get any. Francis. Oh, Lawrence. Francis Lawrence. Yeah, he did I Am Legend and a couple things before it, but uh, you're Constantine. Not enough to like break out and be big. Uh, the Wachowskis have soiled their Matrix, you know, juice where that's not happening. Yeah, they, I mean, they, not they're with Jupiter really, ascending and Cloud Atlas, like that sank in a hurry. They might be like they might be one of those almost one hit wonders in a way. I know there's bound defenders yeah. out there, but for the most yeah. part, they, they might be one hit wonders to be honest yeah. with you. Um, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a shame. Cause there's really, I mean, you do have to kind of go abroad, you know, you have to go to Asia. I, look, uh, look at yeah. SS Roger Moon. Look at RR like that. That's action. Policy. Yeah. You have to go, you have to go to India. You have to go to, uh, you still have to go, you can still Hong go to Hong Kong. Kong. Uh, you Not can, uh, the Philippines and uh, Indonesia. How big, like the guys yeah. who did the raid, they do a lot of great movies. Yeah. There's a lot of great examples. South, yeah. South Korean action films, old school kind of. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, like cops and robber movies. You know, Even the stuff uh, that lands on Netflix, like, you know, The Wandering, the Wandering Earth, you know, those big or space, yes. tra- space truckers. Like, there's some big. China's going big and doing like Cameron ish action, sure. big action, gaudy epic things. And we miss those, man. You know, like, it's a place for those. Yeah, and they try, like, uh, what you would call it, uh, even though I, I hate that Matt Damon makes fun of it so much, but, like, you know, Zhang Yimou tried to make, like, a, an American movie, like The Great Wall. Right, right. You know, which I enjoyed, but, you know, even oh, even Matt Damon's like, we, this sucks. But. Did, I think the other guy that had the belt for a while and lost it, Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich was your action epic guy, and then it just got yeah, too When did he lose he it, though, because... When oh, did he lose he, it? Because after, no, no, I'm saying when, when did he lose it? Because I, I definitely agree, but I don't think it was very long. It wasn't a very long no, reign. It was like it was God. Well, Godzilla. It, it took one movie after Independence Day and it was gone. Because like oh, Day After Tomorrow, yes. 2012 tried, but it wasn't the same as Independence Day crap. and the crap before it. Yeah, 
You know who we haven't mentioned? Okay. Um, and actually, he did kind of come out with a movie recently that a lot of people really liked in the action circles is Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely yeah. has that voice. He, he definitely has that singular voice. Yeah. Like, you know, he, you're watching a Michael Bay film. Yeah. He, 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 misses, really... he misses the poet part to me. Like, to, for me, Cameron will make these brilliant action sequences that still drive story and character, whereas Bay is, Bay is the Bayham. Story and character out the window. And he Action's did get great. stuck. Story character he did get stuck in the franchise mode too, because he kind of he stopped making movies and just yeah. made Transformers movies. Yeah. And because he came out with Ambulance, I think last year or the year before that. And yeah, it, you and said that was decent. I pretty decent. It. It's it's okay. not bad. It's it's not it's it's low budget, a lot of drone stuff. So it's not it's it's mm-hmm. kind of going back to the Bad Boys days, really, of like just kind of being, you know, it's not. You know, if there was any, if there was ever a comparison, it's like you know, Bad Boys One was kind of this mm-hmm. not low budget, but just kind of mid budgeted action film with two stars in it, and then Bad Boys Two cost like 150 million. It was right. Like, what the f-? You know, I, so. you know what? There's one more. Is well, one that probably could have been here had they not passed away. Tony Scott. Tony Scott had. Well, it. Yeah, but Tony that, Scott. That, he he had yeah. a niche, man. Like he was. Yeah. He was making films. Like you, you knew it was a Tony Scott film. Mm-hmm. Like even before, like a trailer said directed by Tony Scott, you were like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah his. But you know, it, 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 talk about. Um, I mean, he's but been, I call that action poet stuff. You know, where his last character his story last movie was '08, I think. So he's been gone yeah. for a long time. He's been unstoppable. Time. Was this last movie? Mm-hmm. That was I think 2010. Yeah, 2010. Was it? But imagine okay. if that guy had another dozen years where, along, especially like during the high. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, but imagine that was the ten years we've just had between the hiatus of Cameron. Like, that's a guy who could have, you know, filled that spot. You know, probably not taken a franchise. Probably done something a little bigger along the way. It'd be be nice to see what ten more years of of Tony Scott would have been. Much like Fuqua, we said in our deep cut of Fuqua trying trying to do it. He's trying he's to do it because he's they still, the base school though. You know, a little bit because they released the. the I mean, it's the only it's time Denzel Washington's ever done any sequels is this Equalizer That's true. thing. Yeah. Which but the it, first one is pretty good. The second one is mad. But, but, uh, but post-training day, they tried him out, you know, King Arthur. You know, they yeah. gave him some big stuff to try. And yeah. I don't know. So Hollywood, uh, if you hear us, find the next Guy Ritchie, camera for us. Yeah. Guy Ritchie's kind of all over the place. He doesn't really He's, make um, the same kind of films. It, it, and I probably, maybe that's the answer is a guy like him who just, you know, who just does it on a smaller scale like we're talking about you know opus level stuff with cameron doing these 200 million dollar mon yeah. you know these abyss level crazy things maybe richie's onto something where well i don't know i call that well, a class he got back, like we're looking for an action epic not an action guy that's maybe well, we're, he, that's probably where half these guys were talking about land we're like stahelski richie uh, even even McQuarrie and and um and Leach are all still making things that are action, but not like action yeah. epic. They're not making fucking aliens. They're not making Titanic. That's where who can, who can play at that level and few can. Snyder thinks he can, but we'll have a show on that. Uh, in a bit. Yeah, all right. Well, We're gonna have fun. That's gonna be a good show. <laughs> well, this we was should... this was a depressing episode. Now that I think it about turned it, depressing, it didn't like... it? Well. Alien Three will boost us back up when we get back to that to continue yes. the series further. So, well, and just to, just my last thought is just to yeah. just to show you the. I mean, I haven't rewatched Aliens in probably a year, but I know everything mm-hmm. about it because it's so yeah, yeah. impactful, iconic, and so in my head that 
you know, I don't need to necessarily rewatch it. So, you know, but Alien 3, I will rewatch. <laughs> so, yeah, I need it um, to. All right. So, folks, we now have merch from shirts to stickers. Find some sweet cinephile hissy fit swag on tpublic.com slash user slash ruminations radio network. You can follow us on Twitter at cinephile fit, on Facebook at cinephile hissy fit podcast, and on Instagram at cinephile fits. Find both of us by name on Letterboxd. Check out our film reviews and ratings. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes, and we are charter members of the Independent Film Critics of America. Thank you so much for your loyal listenership in our tussles and for connecting with us on social media. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a Ruminations Radio Network podcast sponsored by Film Obsessive. If you enjoyed this show, the Ruminations Radio Network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirited topics. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show and others on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. As for us, game over, man!